Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Howard Levitt, a joint employment lawyer, author of The Law of Dismissal in Canada. So, um, yeah, nationally prominent Canadians, as you know, signed a two-page letter carried in the Globe and Mail, challenging Bell for the removal of Lisa Leflam, a CTV national news anchor, charging sexism and ageism. So uh, I was very interested to see that Howard wrote a piece in the National Post, and um, he responds to the CEO of Bell, stating it had nothing to do with age, nothing to do with gender, nothing to do with gray hair, and it's uh, they're going to have an in, hold an investigation. And Mr. Levitt writes, does Bell Media really need to investigate? What facts are unknown to it? It made the decision to fire Laflamme, knows why it did it, knows whether it was tainted, as alleged, by her age or gender. If management of the highest level made the decision, there's nothing to investigate. If it was lower management, then higher management can call them on the carpet tomorrow and get the answers they need. And they do, uh, they can do so far more efficiently than some outside investigator with no powers, no knowledge of Bell Media's policies, culture, or personnel. Howard, thanks for joining us. How are you? Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for quoting a bit of my column in yesterday's post. I find it very interesting. So uh, why don't I just step aside and, and you fill us in on what you, what's, the, what's, the, what's the fundamentals of what you wrote in the post? Well, it's nonsense. Let's start with that, Roy. It's nonsense. And it's corporate nonsense at its most consistent these days. That's the crisis management position. It's textbook. Something's go wrong. You don't have a good explanation. So we're going to call an investigator. It makes it sound like you're actually doing something. What you're doing is kicking it down months into the future so everybody's forgotten about it. It looks like you've done something. You've done nothing because at the end of the day, first of all, your outside investigator is going to give you the report you need and want and ask for because they want more jobs. And so there's no real independence there. And who are they investigating? They're investigating the newsroom. That's not where the problem is. It's not the newsroom. It's management decisions. That's who should be investigated. So... It's all nonsense, and it's what some crisis management firm told them to do. Call for an investigator, which will find nothing, and hopefully nobody's going to put up with it. Because here's the story. There's a board of directors. There's real issues legally of corporate governance. Board of directors, in a way they didn't even five years ago, have a fiduciary duty to deal with real problems in their company. Well, this is a real problem. It's a national branding issue for Bell Media. And the board of directors should themselves get to the bottom of it. They should find out what's going on. And heads really should roll, and probably for cause. Because the law is, if someone does something willfully that damages the brand of a company, that could be cause for discharge. And if they did something illegal, if they fired her for age reasons, for gender reasons, that's a direct violation of a, of a statute, the Human Rights Code. So if the facts are that someone senior in Bell Management committed an illegal act which brought the whole company in disrepute, they not only should be fired, they should be fired for cause. And if the decisions are made in higher senior management, then maybe it goes above the CEO's to the board of directors who should be looking into this and showing they're doing something. And so far, we haven't heard a peep from them. Is the landscape changing when it comes to dismissals? Because I can't recall too many instances where the entire executive suite, those with the keys to the executive washrooms, 
have been held to account publicly. No, it doesn't happen very often, but the landscape is changing because more and more, uh, look, I just was at a seminar in the States on, with a bunch of uh, corporate counsel there in the U.S., and the law is not very different here. And it was all about director liability and corporate liability the high, at the highest levels. And shareholders will hold companies to account. Directors are ultimately responsible and beholden to the shareholders. And corporate government legislation, corporate government regulation, corporate government interest is becoming, I'll say, the rage, maybe even to excess. But you're right. They haven't done their job at holding senior executives to account very often. Sometimes the CEO has been fired for some dereliction, but never the whole group of them. How do you see this ending? <clears throat> well, the best ending would be bringing her back and admitting they made a big mistake. I don't see that happening, but that would be the smart move. If I were advising Bell, I'd say, bring her back now and eat your humble pie, fire the people who are responsible, admit you're wrong, and get whatever goodwill you can garner back. Because not many companies will do that and have done that, and that will be seen as significant. But what's likely to happen? Well, Melling's head's already rolled. I don't think people who are suspended never come back. But it's not just Melling. Can't imagine it's just Melling. So more to come. More to come. Oh, I think, well, maybe there isn't more to come. Look, they're throwing Melling out as a bone, hoping that placates people. And if the story becomes old and people stop talking about it, then maybe they'll have been successful. But we saw that letter from... Yeah, that set fire to it. Yeah. That lit it up again. I know. You know, Jordan Peterson once told me a a message, actually a very important lesson. He said, unless you're really, really wrong, don't apologize. Because that admits, that, that just admits you're weak. And then people will even be, be further emboldened in attacking you. Hmm. So if you think you're right, don't apologize. Don't think that's the right public relations answer. It isn't. This whole issue of quiet quitting, it's quietly becoming more of a story, Howard. What does it mean to you as an employment lawyer? Because I've heard different definitions applied from doing no more work than is absolutely required to establishing a balance between work and private life. What is quiet quitting? Well, I understand, Roy, it means not doing any more work than is absolutely required and not a second after five o'clock or before 9 a.m. Whether you're, whether the, you have a right to disconnect policy or not, whether you're emailed or not, you just don't answer. Those are your hours. They belong to the company and they don't, and they don't belong to you. But the problem is those who do that aren't going to get ahead right now. It's a great market for employees. As we know, it's tough to find employees if you're an employer in almost any field, but that's not going to last forever. If we have a recession coming up, as so many predict, it's going to be a very different marketplace. And all of a sudden, those employees who have quietly quit, two things will have happened. First of all, good luck getting a reference. Your record follows you around, whether you think so or not, whether employers have official reference policies or not. The reality is people get jobs based on who they know and what people think about them. And people will find someone where they used to work and find out about them. And if they quietly quit, that person's going to be unemployable. And when there's layoffs... Guess who's going to get laid off? It's quiet quitters. The second thing that happens, this is something I found as an employer and from talking to clients or employers, it's hard once you become lazy in your job to ever start working hard again. 
You can't just turn it on or off. Lazy employees don't ever become diligent, productive employees. You might think they can, but they don't ever. So that's a problem too. They develop bad habits and they can't retract from. Okay, so I'm I'm thinking this is a and everything I've read and, and heard leads me to this conclusion. It's a generational issue, Generation Z perhaps. I'm from or Z. I'm I'm from the work harder and get ahead generation. Working hard today and even harder tomorrow will augur well for my prospects the day after tomorrow. Now, I've been told, Howard, that I'm wasting valuable personal time and no employer is really going to appreciate the extra work outside what we're obliged to perform per our agreement with our employer. And if we change jobs, the extra work we did for the previous employer will not count for anything anyway. I don't believe that for a second. I've, no, always, worked a, I've always worked a lot longer, many hours on my own because I care about what I do and I, I think it's part of the deal. Well, first of all, you get enjoyment from it. Yeah. You get enjoyment from my work. You get yes. enjoyment from your work. Absolutely. I ask you, of course you do. And if you're into your work, if you're into the job, if you're thinking about it, if you're creative about it, you're going to find it enjoyable. If you're a quiet quitter, it's going to be boring as heck. I remember years ago yeah. being with friends who were older than I was. There was a city planner at the city of Toronto. I went to visit them at 4 o'clock. Everybody put their pens down, just stood there looking at the clock. I never seen anything like that in my life. At a fourth grade, I got up and walked out. Wow! Just looked at the clock for half an hour. The whole bunch of them in the city, wow. of Toronto. And what kind of job satisfaction do they have? Zero. So, and you are taking to your next job because the skills you're developing in yourself, you take to the next job with you as well as your reputation. Mm-hmm. So it's simply nonsense that theory. And by the way, I have young people working for me who are great. I've had young people working for me who aren't so great. So it's not just generational. Okay. Now, you've also said your advice is if you're someone who's decided quiet quitting is the way to proceed, you should keep that decision itself quiet. (laughs) Yes, because if you talk about it, if people understand that that's what you're doing deliberately, it just affects your reputation. It's a little bit like don't put silly stuff on social media that a new employer one day down the line might look at it and say, I'm not hiring that person. It's that reputational impact. If you're going to do it, at least keep your mouth shut about it, because if it gets around, you're doing it deliberately. That's a form of misconduct. It's not misconduct that's cause for discharge, but it's certainly the sort of thing that's going to make an employer think, hey, I'm not hiring that person, your existing employer. I'm not going to keep that person when it's time for layoffs. Yeah, I have a or feeling. Or you're not going to get a promotion, for sure. Yeah, I just have a feeling that uh, some of what we're seeing here is uh, a postcard from the participation trophy world. You showed up, so you get a trophy. And uh, that's good enough. You showed up, it's good enough, because you're so special. You're not. Um, so, look, when it comes to an employer's options, uh, can quiet quitting be an acceptable reason for termination? Well, it depends what you mean by that, Roy. If you mean, is it cause... Well, you're the lawyer, you tell me. Fire? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm answering the question. Okay. Posing. If you mean, is it cause for discharge such that you can fire someone without a penny in severance, the answer is no. It's not legal cause, because legal cause is serious misconduct, usually after warnings. Is it a good reason to fire someone? Of course it is. Of course it is. You may be fired just as of layoffs, and that's, of course, the quiet quitters are the first people who are going to go... But secondly, the employer may say, this job is not being done very well. I'm going to find someone who's better, even though we're not laying anyone off, even though we're hiring. We don't want that sort of person working here. Yeah. We want hustlers. We want 
people who are excited. That's our firm culture. That's what we want our firm culture to be. So even if there aren't layoffs, they may t- choose to terminate that person. It's also, do you want to work with someone who's just putting in right. minimum amount of time? Answer for me is, no, I've worked with broadcasters who uh, would come in and grab a newspaper, look at a story, go in and do a show after five minutes of looking at the story, and I always said to them, you must be really, really good. You must be so much better than me, because I can't do what you can do. Yes, good, good point. Who wants to work with those people? Not me. Not me either. Not many employers. Yeah. Employers are employers because they had the hustle to become employers, whether they're entrepreneurs that started a business or whether they rose in the management ranks. Did not rise to the management ranks by being quiet quitters, and that's not who they want on their team. If you'll quit at one thing, you'll quit at everything. That's my view. Well, you've already quitted everything probably when you're a quiet quitter. I suppose. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.